Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Okay, you're going to have to hang with me on this topic today because it is a little bit deeper. Like you need to understand some of the basic concepts that our thoughts are creating our feelings and our thoughts are always optional, that they're not just truth. Even if they are what we think, if they feel really true, we don't have to think them on purpose if they're not creating the results that we want to have, right? Okay. So keeping that in mind, today's topic of conversation is useful timing of thoughts. So what I've noticed as I've been coaching people a little bit longer now is that the thoughts that we came up with in the beginning, the ones that really, really served them and were there, they had a purpose, they helped them get kind of out of the mud sometimes we fixate on them or they just no longer serve us in our new circumstances. Okay, so today we're just going to talk about the useful timing of thoughts. To explain it a little better, I want to give you a couple examples. Just like I mentioned in the last podcast, remember that list of shoulds that we have, the book of law that we have for people. If we have a book of law about the spouse that we are looking for while we are dating, sometimes that can be sticky, but also some of those things are good because we still have that choice, that option. If we have married the person and they don't measure up to our book of law, if it becomes our circumstance, right? It's totally neutral it becomes our reality and they're not measuring up to that book of law, those thoughts that once served us now no longer serve us. They're giving us results of disconnection. And sometimes those thoughts are going to feel really good and really true and almost noble and scary to get rid of and noble to hold on to. Here's an example. I want to take your thoughts about pornography right? Pornography. Some people will think that it is horrible and disgusting. And it's this really big evil that has the power to corrupt us and lead to other things in a slippery slope. All of those things, all of those thoughts can serve you and be so useful. And I think that there's some truth behind it. And I think that when we are taught those things, it comes from a good place of love, right? We're taught dangers. We're taught to stay away. I think it comes from a place of love. But here, so that that can serve you. That can serve you at a certain time in your life where you're a little naive to it and you don't understand the consequences that it may have. So those thoughts, useful there. But in a different circumstance, let's say you're married And pornography is now part of your circumstance, whether it's your viewing, whether it's spouse's viewing, pornography is now in your circumstance. Now I want you to think about your thoughts about it, about its 
this big, horrible, terrible thing, and it's disgusting, and it can tear apart families, and it's this huge weight that is now in your circumstance. Does it help you? Does it help you to think about it as this terrible, horrible thing that is going to be the end of your family? I don't think it does, regardless of the fact if it's true or not. And remember, we have to be really, really careful about what is true. If everybody in the world can't agree on it, if it's not factual and boring, it can't go into that circumstance line. Everything else is thought. So you could put maybe statistics, even statistics are a little fuzzy because they can be manipulated, but you could put numbers of those who view pornography and the ratio of marriages that last. I don't know why you would do that because it probably wouldn't serve you. You could come up with all sorts of thoughts, but here's what I want you to remember. We can put pornography into the circumstance line, meaning there are relationships where it's not a big deal. I'm not saying that you want to adopt that, but what I am saying is that the thought loop and the train of thought of this horrible thing is in my family and it for sure will be the end of my family and you have to fight this big, awful demon and the changes that it makes for either viewing yourself or viewing your spouse and the lens that we see them through, none of that, I think that there's a place for you to grieve that and to process those feelings and let it be true for a minute, but none of that is going to create the connection that you want with your spouse. None of it is going to create the feeling of certainty in your marriage. None of that. So it is an option where, you know, these thoughts were so useful before. It's okay to put them on the shelf for a minute and be like, yep, let's, let's slip. We maybe don't want to be positive about this thing. We don't want to find the happy thought about pornography and accept that it's okay in our marriage. You might not want that. Maybe you do, but you might not want that. And so what if we can just get to neutrality? What if we could just get neutral about it? It doesn't have giant feelings of doom and gloom and anger and feeling gypped. None of that is going to be what you reach for. What if it's just a thing? Here's my plug why I think that you should do this. When we villainize something, when something becomes this big, heavy, awful thing, whether it's alcohol or pornography or work or whatever it is that we feel is the kind of dark cloud that's over our relationship, when that is the villain, just like giving that power over to another person when another person is the villain, you guys know you become helpless. It becomes hopeless. And when we have a feeling of hopelessness, we don't go out and try to make it a better place. We don't go out and try to seek connection with our spouse and make our marriage flourish. I think that's the trap that Satan wants us to get in. The feeling of hopelessness, the feeling of being alone, anger, all of those things create the actions and results that he really wants us to have. There is another option. It doesn't have to be positive. You don't have to think good thoughts about it, but there is that option for it being neutral. 
another example of useful timing of thoughts is I feel like I feel like this podcast is really going to help some people and it really might ruffle some feathers, right? It's going to. It's fine. But sometimes I think we need to hear the hard truth where we can, we have options. And I know that this isn't a blanket statement, one size fits all for everybody. I realize that. And I'm so compassionate to those that are still like stuck, not stuck, but allowing themselves to be in the thick of the emotion. And so that's probably not the right time to listen to this podcast. Okay. Option two or example two, I guess. When we give people labels, okay, so I'm talking about labels like lazy or narcissistic, emotionally abusive, um, sociopath, right? Those labels. If you are in a relationship where you are being mistreated constantly and not treated like a human being and you allow that. And you think that it is what you deserve. It is what, you know, it's normal. It's a consequence of how you are acting. Like, this is my fault is kind of the thought loop there. I think it's an awakening sometimes to take those thoughts like, this person is emotionally abusive. If we put that into the thought line and it's a new thought and it creates a feeling of injustice a little bit of like no that's not okay and it creates maybe a little bit of fear is there but also courage right because courage is a little buddy with fear it doesn't ever feel good to have courage (laughs) um if it's a new thought for you and it allows you to create a result of getting out of a situation that you normally wouldn't if it creates a feeling of self-worth when you have those thoughts, then maybe they serve a good purpose. Maybe the thoughts don't sound so pretty, but maybe they serve a good purpose. Now, we could take those same thoughts and put them in years later, and if our brain gets really good at just labeling people, giving them a label, deciding that they are a hard person to be around and then just cutting them from our lives. That might be the part where we want to rethink those thoughts. If we have to interact with the person that we've given a label and it helps us only see the dark side of them and notice the behavior that fits into the narrative that we've given them, then maybe it's time that we look at those thoughts and decide, Those served me at one point. Those gave me courage. Those gave me self-worth and the feeling of wanting justice. All of those things are good. But if they're creating results now in your life where it no longer has self-worth and it just keeps you trapped and keeps you suspicious and keeps you angry, then we want to rethink those thoughts. The timing of those thoughts no longer now serve us. So we can put those back on the shelf and decide what we want to think from this moment on. So as you navigate your thoughts that you have, thoughts that really once served you, even if they were ugly, not perfect, have a little film of judgment, have a little bit of 
dirty pain in there, even if they, you know, weren't the most crystal clear, perfect thoughts, they might have given you something in the moment. They served a purpose and the timing is right for them if they created the results and the feelings that lead you to where you want. But we always get the choice. We get the choice to re-examine. And your brain, it just, it likes consistency. It likes to conserve energy. So it's going to try to go back to those thoughts if they became habitual. So you're going to have to exercise some consciousness and choose different ones purposely, just like you had to when you first adopted those thoughts. It does take consciousness. But after that, it becomes a little bit easier and a little bit easier and it starts to serve a purpose and the brain decides, oh, this is good. We want to keep this one. And then we change it up again. (laughs) So I give you permission to reevaluate your thinking. I give you permission that even though you've been told something is horrible and terrible your whole life, if it is part of your circumstance, I give you permission to decide if that thinking helps you or if it hurts you. This is not all or nothing. This doesn't mean that if it's a bad thing, it must be a good thing. No, we can just put those thoughts up on the shelf. When we take all the drama out of it, it becomes a little bit more neutral. And then we can kind of clarify our thinking and our vision to see what we want and how we want to create that. And what is it going to require for us to feel and to believe in order to create those results? Just like kids grow, I have a child that loves a pair of boots, loves them so much. They're serving him really well. He's taken them to the mountain. He's taken them everywhere in the heat of the summer. And now he's getting bigger and those boots are that served him so well are starting to cause him a little bit of pain because he's growing. That is just like our thoughts. Something that served us so well. It's just like that new pair of boots. When we first put them on and they're a little bit too big, feels we kind of wiggle around in them a little bit. It feels kind of awkward. And then it gets to that sweet spot where they're the perfect fitting shoes and we want to take them everywhere. And then as we grow, they get more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable until we can no longer fit in those old, stinky, worn out boots. (laughs) And we have to move on. We have to go to the next new thought. This is going to be your lifelong process as you grow and as you mold into the new and get closer to that version of you that you want to become. You got to get rid of some of the old stinky boots. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at some of our thoughts, see if they're serving us anymore. And just like in the last when we talked about uh, the Marie Kondo method, we're going to thank those thoughts. They had a purpose. They served us. They nurtured us. They created good for us, maybe. And then we're going to go to the next one. All right. I hope this was helpful for you guys. I know that these examples were really big examples, and I'm sure that there's little examples somewhere, but look at those thoughts, because sometimes the big ones are the ones that we need to put down the most. I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.